0: Andrew Faust here with Permaculture Perspectives, or if you like, weigh in on this new title I had a recent graduate suggest talking shit with Andrew Faust. And today I'd like to go off a little bit about what I consider to be the root of the disease. I used to think that the root of the disease of our modern era was primarily organized religion, uh, as distinguished from mysticism or ecstatic revelations, all of which I am definitely a fan of, but, um, organized religion, you know, where we've got hierarchies and monarchies, like the Holy Roman Empire and all that nonsense, um, led to some of the most, oh, egregious and awful violations of human rights and integrity and in particular women and anybody that the hierarchy doesn't like. But I'm going to add to the horrors and the exploitation and the um, ethical abominations of organized religion Christianity, Muslim, Hinduism Buddhism, all have their issues and what we need to begin to focus on as the real, I would say root of the disease which is industrialization, hands down industrialization, the robber barons, the fat cats, the Rockefellers, the J.P. Morgans, the J. Goulds, the, um, rape, loot, pillage, and plunder approach of the late 1800s and early 1900s is a period I've been digging into quite a bit with the, um, destruction of the populist party and the bringing about of this, um, purely dualistic system that we have of Democrats who used to be representing the Deep South and Republicans, which have now flipped positions in terms of their superficial alignment with various ideologies, although both parties unapologetically have been in the back pocket of those fat cat robber baron industrialists ever since the industrial system came about, ever since the advent of coal mining. And I think that it's an important topic for permaculture to consistently come back to, the recognition that the foundation of permaculture, the fundamental philosophical premise that Bill Mollison and David Holmgren have done such Excellent job of focusing on, which is the industrial food system. And the fact that after we had the war machine dialed in to use chemicals and other insidious means to kill people, when the war effort ends, We go to war on nature and still to this day this war on nature is not a war that is largely acknowledged or addressed from a design perspective. And that's what I'm going to go more into here today. What do I mean by from a design perspective. The present economy is propped up on inequity, exploitation, and economic nonsense. Subsidies, to start with, are an example of what I mean by economic nonsense. Non-economic money and sense, as well as not making common sense. Because... Subsidies, in short, are taking tax dollars that we, as private citizens, have shelled out to the federal and state government. And it's taking our money and giving it to private enterprises so that they can exploit us in the workplace and run away laughing all the way to the bank with a profit. Because in the industrial economy, we have this complete fallacy kept afloat by our politicians that we all need jobs. Oh yes, yes we need jobs, don't we? Jobs, jobs and more jobs. And yet, at the end of the day, what kind of job are we talking about? Working in a mine? Working in a industrial cattle operation? Working as a widget construction person for a nanotech enterprise? Working at a retail venue for a fast food distributor? What kind of jobs? Working at a Cresco Labs where we've got industrial chemical cannabis production in Ellenville? You know What kind of jobs? Because this is an important question to ask of this presupposition that we simply need jobs. We don't simply need jobs. We, the people, need lives that are respected by our politicians and by our economy and our infrastructure. And instead, our lives, our quality of life, is consistently disrespected, denigrated, and downtrodden by the politicians by the industrialists by the corporatocracy and the biggest problem in the American economy in the global economy today is the lack of recognition and acknowledgement that the most productive the most enjoyable way for us to provide our foundational need which is food and a good life is provided by what is described as by scientists, by the World Bank, by the International Monetary Fund, by the FAO. It has been clearly, unequivocally agreed that small farms that are largely run by People with hand tools and no tractors are the highest-yielding, highest-profit, most resilient and environmentally responsible farms in the world. Lots of data points, lots of studies showing this over and over again at symposiums in Italy run by the FAO, the head of the Food and Agriculture Organization, saying agroecology, agroforestry, diversified, people-powered farms are the most productive, the most profitable, the most resilient farms in the world. Not industrial farms, not Archer Daniels Midland, not Roundup Ready Soy, not some golden rice with a of a percent of beta-carotene to try to deal with a health issue in India that can be dealt with by bringing back traditional ways of farming and getting rid of toxic insecticide-dosed farming. The foundation of a new economy and a new society is a new food system. And that new food system needs to be diverse, local, and human scale. There's no value in playing the money game in the permaculture world i am consistently disheartened and disappointed by the number of colleagues who i encounter in this field who put a great deal of their personal time and energy into trying to show that oh yes you know permaculture we can make good money doing permaculture and as soon as we show that we can make money suddenly All the technocrat fat cats are going to want to have permaculture be how we're farming. What a complete absurd presupposition that has no foundation in reality whatsoever. Market-driven solutions are not going to meet the people's needs or the planet's. We need a planet that can support people In a way that is beautiful and primordial. Not in a way that is superficial and reductionist. And all you're going to get from the industrial economy is superficial materialistic reductionism. Nothing that is truly by the people or for the people can emerge or will emerge from the present economy or the present food system and infrastructure. The only way we get to true resilience, true by the people and for the people means of existence. The only way that comes about is by the people and for the people. Not by the industrialists for the corporatocracy. Not by ridiculous individualism like Elon Musk and absurd wastage of time and energy like cryptocurrency or anything that has to do with online or internet related activities the real meaning of existence is in the capacity for the people to provide for themselves not a bunch of funny money flim flam show nonsense that the industrial capitalists have promulgated through the media and through their domination of the airwaves and of people's attention and interest by entertaining them to death. A premature death, by the way, I might add, which can be prevented by not getting yourself sucked into a whirlpool of nothingness where vacuous mentalities become the norm and we lose any sense of meaning or purpose because... We're not doing things outside with our bodies that actually provide us with food to eat or clothes on our back or meaningful material needs being met in a way that we have any tangible psychological connection with. The root of the disease is the industrial system. The cure to the disease is creating a new system that is not industrial, not chemical and is largely something that is human-scale, diversified, and place-based. By place-based, what we mean is a way of living, an economy, and an infrastructure that is adapted to, that is modified to make sense in terms of what we find where we are. Not adapted to and modified to make sense of In terms of the market economy. Letting the market economy play the ruling hand. Is one of the first and foremost mistakes that is rampant throughout the permaculture community. This notion that we simply need to prove to the capitalists that they can make money. By adopting permaculture methodologies is an erroneous misguided and ultimately uninformed approach to bringing about systemic, long-term, intergenerational, cultural change. The way we bring that about is by creating regional scale, watershed scale master plans. Master plans for communities that can be picked up by all kinds of citizens looked at and understood. And the first thing that people understand as they look at our watershed scale master plan for year round, full diet, food supply, omnivore's delight is how doable, achievable, and desirable it is. By building a base of a shared vision with shared values, The foundational value and vision is food autonomy locally, greater food autonomy. Whether it's 30%, 70%, or 90%, we need to get to greater food autonomy. Right now, we're at about 10% of what people eat is coming from anywhere close at hand. The other 90% is coming from 3,000 miles or the other side of the planet. That is because we have allowed industrialists to feed us. And the first thing we need to do is dismantle the industrial food system and then with it the entire industrial economy. The industrial economy, the globalized economy, is something that is mutually exclusive of integrity and overall planetary capacities to provide a comfortable ride as we rocket around the sun in outer space. Space is a place that is waiting to freeze and fry life on Earth in a second. As we drop the ball on being good planetary citizens. It is about each other and it is about the planet. It is not about playing the market game Or showing through Excel spreadsheets that Nutella can make a bunch of money growing monocultures of hazelnuts in the Hudson River Valley. Who cares? Uninteresting. Stop wasting my time with compelling me to give two hoots about whether or not market venture capitalists or industrialists or large-scale corporations want to grow tree crops and do agroforestry. I do not care because I know that in the long run what they plant is going to be reductionist monoculture that's mechanized I also know that none of it's going to be protected in there in 80 years for anybody to enjoy even if they do get it off the ground by using something as myopic as the spreadsheet format with profit margins the real need is to create A tax line item that instead of giving money away to dirty corporations so that they can continue to kill us prematurely in the workplace, we put taxes towards paying farmers to grow food for the local community. And they grow that food for the local community on protected conservation land with a maximum of tree crops and perennial crops along the edges creating extended riparian river corridors with pecan trees and heartnut trees and butternut trees and hickan trees and selected varieties of hickory like the granger, as well as some chestnuts like the Dunstan chestnut and the Finger Lakes. And the reality is that sadly, many of my colleagues in the permaculture community just think we should grow chestnuts, chestnuts, Oh, and did I mention chestnuts? This is as reductionist and uninteresting as Nutella wanting to grow a monoculture of hazelnuts. What we need to supplant the industrial nonsense is a localized food system that has a diversity of tree crops that have been selected and developed by people, for people, that are interplanted with well-suited wild species that are going to bring back habitat, diversity, water quality, and showing that as we create these regional food sheds that are adapted to our geography and our climate and our watersheds, we will begin to apprehend what it means to create a food system that exists independent of, outside of, the commodified, market-driven, industrial economy. It is not about playing the money game. It is not about showing that permaculture or ecological-based ways of farming and growing can make money. None of that, at the end of the day, is going to transform a society that fundamentally needs to move in a direction towards food being decommodified and becoming a universal human right as well as free education for all and free health care for all. These are the services that our politicians And our economy needs to be geared towards retrofitting and adapting in manners that are truly suited for people and that future generations, as they inherit this adapted system, will be appreciative of. Rather than vilifying the previous generations for handing them a destitute and destroyed planet and economy. The new economy, the new society, is one that emerges from a recognition that there is a great deal of work to do to pull us out of the hole that industrialization has created. And the first thing you need to do to get out of a hole is to stop digging. And it is, again, surprising to me As a permaculture educator, as an advocate of positive change, how few of my colleagues and peers focus on a whole new infrastructure and economy that is localized, that is regionalized, and does not follow in the footsteps of simply trying to show how venture capitalists and industrialists can all make money practicing and applying permaculture. This is not of interest, nor is it going to accomplish the ends that we would like to achieve. What will accomplish those ends is local communities collaborating and creating comprehensive plans for food independence, year-round, full diet, omnivore's delight, coupled with, dovetailed with energy independence, Green job training centers and conservation land owned by public entities that provides the food shed foundation for the local ability to become a decommodified food providing community. And as we begin to create these larger scale regional watershed based permaculture plans then we will be showing how permaculture really leads to transformative change. As long as permaculture is playing the money game of, we're going to help you create an ecotopic backyard fiefdom where you no longer have to participate in the present morally and ethically bankrupt system. No, that is an illusion that is entirely unattainable and undesirable. We're going to show how it is that large-scale corporations can suddenly make money doing agroforestry and silvopasture. No, that is simply going to lead to, at best, a short-term blip on the screen of moneyed interest getting behind something that they've been convinced by people with good intentions is going to change the world as long as they just plant trees and plant trees and plant trees. I'm sorry to inform you it's a little more involved than that. We're gonna need to create regional scale master plans that show where the different food crops can be grown and we're going to want to protect that land so that future generations provide food for themselves in perpetuity from trees that have been planted 70 years to 200 years before they were even born. And those trees do not get cut down but continued to drop pecans, heart nuts, hick hands, and selected hickory nuts into their canoes as they paddle up creek, fishing brook trout and rainbow trout and bass from the Rondout River watershed because of the extensive and thorough reforestation that was done by our generation by advocating for reforestation that is also on conservation land that also provides perennial nut tree fruit tree yields that can be used also for building materials energy fuel wood and livestock is a key part of the food system of the future and what is happening at present with this very short-term focus on trying to entice capital venture, trying to entice the moneyed interests of the capitalist economy to adopt these measures, or the even shorter-term approach of carbon credits does not create substantial, broad-scale, systemic change. To change the system, we need to design a new system. And that new system... ...is not going to be a schematic that can be replicated everywhere. It's going to be an adapted, modified, retrofit... ...that is suited to the people and the place... ...where we bring about the new economy, the new food system... ...that doesn't perpetuate the problems of the past... ...but stands on the shoulders of visionary thinking... ...that is created by the people and for the people... To bring about ways of living and ways of celebrating the beauty and the prolific capacity for the earth to provide our needs. And this is, without a doubt, what will bring about comprehensive change that no longer puts the majority of the people in the back pocket of a few technocrats who run the media, run the economy, and run away laughing all the way to the bank while the rest of us continue to twiddle our thumbs and think all we need to do is show how doing the right thing can make money. Today, as you can tell, the theme of this podcast is Market-Driven Solutions Lead to Nothing that is truly needed. What is truly needed are solutions that are informed by ethics, history, and a long-term vision of how we move towards a more resilient food-providing landscape, as well as energy-providing and habitat-providing. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to hearing back from you about my proposed title, for permaculture perspectives this new title that i'd love to hear your thoughts on that's been suggested is talking shit with andrew faust thanks for listening